0: Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. This teaching on faith is is probably one of the least understood teachings um, in the body of Christ, which surprises me because it is the most important teaching out of all teachings for us as followers of Jesus to understand what it really means to live the life of faith and not life of faith as what is my religious affiliation because that's what religion does, turns it into something cold and dead and not the life of faith that's freaky and out of bounds and doesn't even make sense or it's more of a uh, like a, a witch's type action. You know, I do this, oh Lord, you have to, I wave the wand and this must appear. And, and that in itself is the teaching of faith going way, way out of bounds. And then there's the other teaching of faith where it doesn't do anything that goes way, way out of bounds. The center line is the supernatural line. And the center line of faith literally is the the Bible faith where Jesus says all things are possible to those who believe. And that's where we want to get to. We want to get to the place where we're operating in what God said that it it is impossible to please me unless you come to me and coming to him and saying you are God and that you are a rewarder. Well, that statement in itself is tied to the position of faith where he says without faith, it is impossible to please me. So he's saying, he's he's making a statement that's saying, I need you, you must. Now, why would he want us to operate this way? Why does he want the supernatural to become manifested here? The things that we're believing for, the things that we're desiring in the area of, of, we're wanting change, we're wanting impact, we're wanting help here, we're wanting help there. And we're not getting in crazy land. We're not, you know, we're not sitting there, you know, operating in God's word in a wrong way. So we're not doing, well, we might, some people might, but what I'm saying is most of us, our hearts aren't to do crazy stuff in our faith or in our prayer. You know, we're not going, oh, God, make me a millionaire, you know, and you can't even tithe off your jack-in-a-box salary, whatever. And that's crazy faith. That's wacko faith. The point is, is, in this understanding of faith, and what I'm teaching on, it, I believe it removes the barriers of the super spiritual wacko teaching of it. It removes religion from even engaging in it, and it brings to light an importance of what this faith is in operation. It's what we all want and we all need in action. But if we do not teach the supporting powers, the, the mandatory powers that are connected to faith, faith can't operate. And God's saying, I need faith to operate. Well, what's the bottom line? Because faith operating correctly in your life and we seeing it happen is a revealing that God's, God's real, God's alive, that God's working today. If we do everything that we assume is Bible and nothing ever happens, then what does that say? Well, your God's not real. You have the same life as we do. You're experiencing the same we do. Nothing's different in your life. And that's the way most of the church looks to the world other than they go to church and they read Bibles and they pray, which that doesn't do anything at all. It doesn't do anything. Unless you're engaging in those things in a correct way. Going to church doesn't do anything. You know how many years I've been doing this and seeing people come to church and not do anything? It's not because of this. It's because of their heart. It's because of decisions. It's because of attitudes. All kinds of things can interfere with it, but it's not doing anything, not doing anything at all. And I've seen people in church for years and never change because they're so religious, but nothing's happening. It's up to you here to determine where you're going to go with this. Not up to God. Not up to God, oh, pray, God change me. That doesn't work. There's no such prayer as that. Though most people pray that way, it's not his responsibility to change you. That'd be like a son coming to me. or I'm not a daughter, but my son coming to me and saying, you know, Dad, Papa, change me. Now I would love to. But it won't work that way, you know. I, 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 there have been many times I said, "God, come on! I really want you to just change me." It never happens. My heart was open. my My heart was real. I was like going, "Please, don't you know I'd be how much better I'd be if you just change it? Don't you think that'd be common sense? Where God would go, yeah, you know what? That's true. I mean, we wouldn't have to go through a lot of stuff if here. Let me do this. And I'm changed. Guess what? It don't work that way. Never will ever work that way. But it's amazing how many Christians have that doctrine. And you'll hear them pray that. Lord, change me. Change me, God. Take this away from me, God. He's not doing anything like that. Because that'll happen on the cross. It's up to you to receive it. Up to you. So this teaching of faith, I'm telling you right now, this is Bible, and it's awesome. And you ought not to be listening to it once. You ought to be going over this and paying attention to it, because once you understand Bible hope, which I went two weeks on it, once you understand what I'm going to talk about this morning, patience, and which I will talk about love, once you understand those three powers. They are the cooperating powers that are mandatory for faith to operate. And most people don't get it. And so because they don't get it, they make statements like, well, I don't have faith or I got to grow my faith and talk about faith all the time. But it has nothing to do with faith because Jesus clarified it and said, it's not about how, how big your faith is. It's about are you using your faith? If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he said, you can move, you can move a mountain. So it has zero to do with growing or, or anything about faith because you have God's faith in you. And we saw this in the scripture. So what is the problem? It's these three areas that are mandatory for faith that the enemy, that the world, that we interfere with, which causes faith not to be able to do its thing because it demands those three areas working. And the first one again we went over. It's the it's that confident expectation. It's it's what brings substance, it brings faith into manifestation. And you might be saying, Well, I don't see it. No, it's real and it manifests itself, but it's in the spiritual realm, because that's where faith is. But faith is in this operation, and then when it when it connects to the expectation, then it becomes tangible, real spiritually, which automatically from that point, becomes physically. And that's how God operates. He spoke faith spiritually, God is a spirit, spoke faith spiritually, and then manifestation came in the natural. It was created. And so that's what we have to understand is, is this is God's word, and he wants us to get it. Listen, the power to overcome attacks. That's today's message And that title is the key. I am going to teach you how to overcome every attack in your life. Now, we need to define overcome correctly, but ultimately it's this. You're going to win. How? With this power that we're going to be talking about this morning. But what we have to do is, is just in the foundational understanding of these powers, that that faith has to have working with it, it is this, the enemy can't attack your faith. We already said that. It's, it's in your spirit. But what he can connect, can, can, what he can attack are the three areas that are in your spirit. Remember, it says the fruit of the spirit, and it, and it lists love, patience, and hope. And those are in your spirit, and your spirit's your, where your soul, your emotions are. Do you understand this? All right. So the enemy can't attack your faith, but he can attack the cooperating powers that faith has to have. And that's where our faith is messed up. Right there. So you might be thinking, oh, man, I, you know, because the pastors and, you know, so many different churches are so good at saying you have weak faith, you don't have any faith. And all those statements we look at and how can that be fixed? Well, it can't because God gave you his. So there isn't anything better. And God's faith doesn't have to grow up because it's God's faith. But like I said, it has to have these three powers connected, working with it. And so the enemy, he understands that more than Christians do. And so what he does, he attacks your hope. You have a confident expectation. He goes, that's unrealistic. That's dumb. I mean, how could you expect that? Look at your life last week. So he attacks that. He doesn't even have to do it. Your husband or wife does a great job at it. Your relatives do awesome at it. The world does great at it. Your coworkers, everybody attacks those dreams, those expectations. And that's why when people ask me, I say, you want to believe something for big? Don't be telling everybody. I mean, especially Christians, because they're usually the ones going, why you? I should be me. You know, I mean, nasty. Christians can be the worst of the worst. But the point is, is this, is sometimes, you know, we, we, we talk too much. And you, you're thinking, well, everybody's a Christian. Yeah, I believe that like the first three months and found out, whoa, it don't work that way. But the point is, is we have to recognize the responsibility to do this correctly. Why, because it's in the Bible, and God's clarified it, he's shown us, now we have to walk it. And no more blame, no more excuses, no more reasons why, how come. Now we know. Now we talk about hope, mind. We're gonna be talking about patience. It's mind, a decision love the same way. So here the enemy is trying to pervert or interfere with these cooperating powers of faith. And by doing so, faith can't operate. Do You see this. So no longer look at your faith and go, I just don't have faith. Oh yeah, you do. You have faith to move a mountain. All you have to do is believe. And that is what the enemy doesn't want you to do. So he comes in with, that's foolish talk. You can't do that. You've never been able to do that. So he'll constantly remind, this is the only way the enemy works. He reminds you of your past. He can't remind you of today and since right now, but he can remind you of your past. He He can't do anything about the future. He can only lie. So it's, you do this and this. You will always do this and this. Now that's a lie. He can point out a fact. Yeah, you did this. But the next statement, which the devil has to do, is he has to lie because he cannot speak truth. Every time he attacked Jesus, it was mixed. He can't speak truth, it's impossible. He has to lie. So, no matter what the enemy tells you, it might be mixed with something that looks real. But when you investigate it, it's going to be counterfeit. It's going to be counterfeit. So we get that. We understand that. So now we look at the second cooperating power, and that is the area of patience. Now, hope, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is a substance of things confidently expected. So the confident expectation is what gives substance to that faith operation. Now, looking at patience, we're going to see how this connects. It's pretty amazing how the Bible instructs us and how open and real it is in the Bible where we're like going, how come we don't see this? How come we don't know this? Because it's there. It's very clear. And so we're going to really get into this. Amen. So patience, Hebrews 6, 12, is this. Do not become sluggish. Now, what did it just say? You guys do not become sluggish. Uh, Wakey, wakey. Are you guys hearing me? Now, do what I do. Dumb it down. And the way you do that is pay attention to what you just read. Don't ever become that person that I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. Because you ain't doing nothing. All you're doing is reading the Bible. That doesn't give you a brownie button unless to other religious people. But it ain't gonna do anything for you. Nothing at all. That'd be like me going, hey, I wanna learn calculus, so I'm gonna just read the calculus book. And when I'm done with it, I'm gonna go, oh, I read it. <laughs> yeah, but you won't know how to do anything. Exactly. And that's 99% of Christians out there today. That's not right. It's not the way it should be. But guess what? it's the way it is. Now, we don't want that. And it's our responsibility, ours, not just mine, ours, that you get instruction, and you receive it, learn the instruction, get to understand calculus, and then start breaking it down to the person you get to talk to that I can't talk to. That you have this information to where they start looking at you and going, man, you know a lot, you should be a pastor. And yeah, people have heard that before. But that's why, why they say that. Because the information you have is beyond what they could ever imagine or think. And I want people to look at you and hear you that way. Because that means you're paying attention to me. All right? And you might be thinking, isn't he a little boastful? I've been doing this for years. I'm not making up something. It's been this way from the beginning. I want you to get to that place where you're walking in this knowledge and you can help people. And think of the multiplication, the impact we're going to have on the body of Christ. Now, I would love if they just come start coming here. But ultimately, the thing I want more than anything is the impact, the body of Christ, which starts here. We get first and then it goes out. So it says, do not become sluggish. What does that tell you? I can become sluggish. If it tells me don't become, it means I can become, and that's how I operate in scripture. I pay attention to every word, and when it says that, I stop. I stop myself, and that's not even in the deep stuff of what I'm getting into, but it already is making an impact on me because I'm paying attention to the word of God. And it's telling me, don't become sluggish. Well, that means I can become sluggish. So I need to watch out that I don't start waking up going, oh, another day. Oh, I got to watch that YouTube. I watched it last week. This is, I hear all the excuses. I've heard them over and over and over again. And they don't change. They never change. And my answer never changes. But people don't listen to answers. We want magical formulas. So we don't have to do anything. We want to go to the class the first day and the teacher to go, all the knowledge is yours. <laughs> and, you <laughs> and you go, okay, I'm ready for next year. But in the natural, we know that's stupid. That didn't work that way. Yeah, but when we become Christians, we go to church, we get dumb. And we start acting that way. Instead of realizing, time to go to class, and it's going to take a while. That'll take a lot of heat off you. It'll take a lot of pressure off you, because you're going to start realizing, I'm growing. Not, I've arrived, I'm growing. And if I have a problem in my life, guess what? I'll get the information, and I'll be able to overcome that. Right now, i gotta believe, I got to stand in God's grace, God's help, God's mercy. But I'll get to their point where I know that I know that I know. And that is the real walk of faith. That is the real life of faith, to get that. When I understood that is when my life became so much easier as a follower of Jesus. Before that, it was rough, terrible. You're constant on edge. You're constant thinking you're letting God down. You're constantly in the place of, am I still going to heaven or not? And it's a messed up life. It's all based upon do's and don'ts. You don't know the love of God. And so we want to know this truth because when you know the truth and apply it, it will set you free. And I want everybody in here to be able to be set free. You're going through so much hell. It's because you're not getting this. It's only because of this and you're not applying it. listen, Christians, quit being dumb. Listen to me out there. Jesus gave us the instruction. He said, "You build your foundation other than on a rock. The storms going to come. It's going to knock you over. The winds. Every your house is going to fall because it's not on the what right foundation." He didn't say it's because the house is wrong. No, he said the foundation is wrong. And when you build off a wrong foundation, I don't care how cool your house looks, it's going to crumble. It's the foundation. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's saying foundation. All right, five of you are going to heaven. The rest of you, whatever. <laughs> Do not become sluggish, but imitate. Everybody say imitate imitate to those who faith and patience inherit the promises god's telling you imitate me 100% he's saying imitate me not imitate me in how i walk how i dress imitate me in the information and the operation of that information imitate that imitate that that doesn't mean i don't make mistakes that doesn't mean i don't blow it what we have to look at is am i believing what god's word say says And am I putting that to practice and use? And are you seeing that? That's what you imitate, amen? Because there's no perfect dad. We all want to be, but we're not always perfect. There are times when I screw up with my boys. Not a lot, but there are times. I mean, I do my best, but there are times when, you know, you cross the the border that you didn't want to cross. But the point is, is I know how to get back into the right place. I know how to be in that position where, hey, I blew it, boys. I blew it. I messed up there, got off. But guess what? I ain't there no more, so listen. And that helps to understand because they understand that there are times you're going to make a mistake. You are going to blow it. Well, let's get over it. Let's move on to wisdom and continue on forward. Amen? And that's why parents get that, all right? Get that. Imitate those through faith and patience. Inherit the what? Promises. So ultimately, God's saying, I need you to inherit these. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about right now. The revelation of God working your life is the greatest testimony on earth. Not your ability to go receive Jesus or you're going to go to hell. That's not it. That's not it at all. As a matter of fact, you're not gonna see that in scripture. Now you see it in in the understanding of the full context, but you're not gonna see a scripture that says, receive Jesus or you're gonna to go to hell. Now use that to tell everybody. You won't see it. Where, where'd that come from? Religion. That's it. I can show you where it does tell us to talk about God's grace. Talking about God's goodness. I mean, when you start looking at what we're supposed to be talking about, I know I didn't hear very much of that when I wasn't a Christian. And people wanted me to get saved. I didn't hear about God's grace at all. Until that one person finally, after a few years of people trying to, that one person started, started showing me his life. Not preaching to me, showing me. And it really messed me up. It freaked me up. It's just like, gosh, that guy. It would have been nice if we would have said, if you don't receive Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Then I could have wrote him off. I'm just thinking in the old. I'm glad he didn't. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway. So here the word we have to look at is, is patience. Now, patience is a word that is different than the way the world defines it. The world sees it. In other words, you can see people that are patient, but they're really not successful. They're just patient. And, you know, based upon their personalities, you know, they can stand there and, and, you know, the line should only go, you know, should be about 20 minutes and they can stand there for two hours going, well, it's moving a little bit. That's not, that's not patience. That's, that's, they're demon possessed. That's not Patience that's 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 someone that's not I, m- maybe they have the ability to turn their mind off during the wait in line to where they're asleep up there, but they're looking straight ahead I don't know, but that's that's like crazy stuff to me, but anyway, patience is the Greek word hoopo mane, and it's a compound word and when you look at it, and this is so important to see the difference of of what it means, hupo means to be under or by something okay meno means to stay or to abide under so you've got under or by and then you got meno which means to stay to not move now when you bring them together it literally is a picture of a person that has this the information has come into their, their mind, into their heart, and they're now in a, in a position where this information I have is, I'm unshakable, unmovable. So it's tied to a place of decision where you receive information, and in that hupomano, it then becomes where you're like, I, I'm I'm secure. So patience is a is a place where you're secure. It's not like, well, I got to endure. It's more of a position of I'm in control, even though everything around me looks out of control. And that's the I would say that's the best analogy for the Greek word. And the reason why we need to understand that is because I, we need to have the right picture and not try to mix it with the, how the world looks at patience, but to look at it, how the Bible teaches us and, and shows us this picture. And by doing that, now you're going, okay, it's, again, it's, it's a secure position. We all get into a secure position when we have understanding when you don't have knowledge or understanding, you are insecure. You're there's instability because you're wanting the knowledge. The knowledge what is secures you. You go to that first job, first day. You've been there, you know, months and years now. You ain't the same person than the first day guy, the first day gal. That is the one that you're so, you're insecure. You have knowledge, but you're you just you're feeling your way through this stuff. And once you get familiar, once you get the information, then all of a sudden the knowledge you have starts able to flow because you feel more secure. But at first, there's a lot of obstacles, right? Isn't that true? So what we do is, is we look at this and we go, okay, in this life of patience, I got to understand that there's going to be, listen, if there ain't turmoil, we don't need patience, right? If there's no pressure, no attacks, we don't need patience. And Jesus said, hey, you're gonna have it. You're gonna have persecution. You're gonna have attacks. They attack me, they're gonna attack you. Those are the scriptures that you wanna like read real quickly through and go, okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I know what you said there, let's move on. Because you don't wanna hear that, but you know why you don't wanna hear that? Because you define that as failure. If you read that and saw success, you'd continue to read it. But since we've experienced more failure Than success, we don't like it when he says that. Attacks are gonna come, he said. And we're like going, no, 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 I don't want that. I'm a Christian. And we do, We, we don't wanna hear that. But wait a minute. When you hear Jesus talk about these things, he uses the term, and I know this sounds sort of crazy, but he's not. We are. Here's the term rejoice. In other words, get excited about this. You got pressures all around you? Hey, get happy. Literally rejoice and shout, not cuss. Rejoice and shout, get excited. Well, why would you do that? Because when you know the information, it empowers you, it stabilizes you in the midst of turmoil. I guarantee you, everybody in here is in some type of measure of attack or pressure. Everybody in here. It can be minimal or it can be great. But we've all, if you're not, then you're dead. There's something you're dealing with. Now, you can be looking more in the outward, but it could be personal. You have issues in your own life that you know you need to change, but you're not. Those are attacks, those are pressures. So what happens is is we're looking at our lives and going, okay, how do I win over these attacks? How do I have victory over them? Well, it starts by, first and foremost, looking at the word patience and saying, okay, it's a decision. It's information coming into my heart, into my life. And what helps me is, is what is the end result I'm looking for? And God always gives you end results. Always. It's so wonderful. Give. Give. And you're like, I not give. But then he goes, but give and it shall be given. So he, he goes to the next level. He's always showing you that there's going to be an advantage to your life. That's what's so wonderful about this word. It's so awesome. So here we've got hupomone. And by the way, this isn't passive. It's not a passive statement it's a courageous statement. It's a stance of courage. So we're not being paced. It's courageous. And you're feeling above the pressure, though it's all around you. Doesn't mean you don't feel the pressure, but it means you won't be crushed under the pressure. And that's in the Bible too. The expectation of God and his word that We are hard pressed all around, but not crushed. And remember the analogy I give on that? If you take like a little BB and put it on a hard surface, you can put your finger on and it'll cover the whole BB, but it won't crush it. Why? Because the power of my finger is not overpowering the pressure of the BB that's pressing out. Do you see what I'm saying? So as I put pressure on the baby, it'll feel it. It's there, but I can't crush it. Unless the power of my finger becomes, you know, Superman type stuff. But the point is, is that's what we need to understand. The Bible says that we're going to have, we're going to feel it. But that opposite force coming out of us, greater is he that is in me if we rely on scripture, greater is he that is in me, my faith and my belief, my expectation, my, that pressure is pressing out. So when it's coming this way, and you're always thinking, okay, this makes sense because, well, listen to your life. Notice what I just said. Listen to your life. There'll be an experience where you, you you winning in this area. But there's another area where you're getting crushed. What happened? God got weaker? What? No. What took place in your life? This. The information you have is not as strong as the information over here. You probably have grown, matured, and you're in a position of strength. You've overcome, and now when that pressure comes, it's like going, is that all you got? Is that all you got? And then you come over here, and you're like going, leave me alone. You cry like a girl. <laughs> What happened? What happened to this to this? Or cry like a guy. I've heard some guys cry like a little, eh. But the point is, you guys see what I'm saying? What took place? This. You're the same, you. Everything about you, you're born again. God lives in you. All that's there, but the information's different. And you know how we instruct here. Life is not about one thing, it's about everything. And you can have victory and win over here. But you can also be over here where you don't have much information knowledge and you, and you lose some battles. Or over here where you just get flat out run over. Now what we do is, quote, religious Christians, we quit. Why do we quit? Because we're not using common sense, natural life knowledge now. We're using church knowledge. And that is if I screwed up here, I'm gonna screw up all over. Out there, we screw up there. We know why. Because I didn't know, I did dumb but I've had victory over here. And we understand that. We get through it. But in church, we come, you know, this, this goofiness. And then if we blow it or make a mistake, we're no good. And that's not what the Bible teaches. So love life, we don't think that way, do we? No, we don't. I'll help you with the answer. No, we don't. All right. Hebrews 10 36 says this, for you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. There it is again, another area where God's saying, listen, I want to bless you. He says, verse 35, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you have need of patience. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward there it is again. Don't ever get to the place where you become that person that every time you see promises and reward, you're thinking of heaven. That's not even what Jesus shown us or taught us. So don't do that. He's talking about right now, right now. Promises reward now. And he says, verse 35, don't cast away what? confidence. What's that? That's that hope, that confident expectation. It has what? Great reward. Confident expectation. God's word has great reward. And then it says, for you have need of patience, endurance, patience. You have need of patience so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. It's all tied together. Patience tied to confidence, expectation, hope. Are you guys following me? Galatians 6 9. Let us not grow weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap. We shall what? We shall reap. When? Due season. Not it could happen. It says it will happen. But it says, do not. So what do we do? We 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 go backwards, dumb it down and go. It says do not, so that means I can do. I can get weary in well-doing. I'm just showing you exactly what I do. I've been doing for years. Feels like a hundred now. Years. It takes me forever to read scripture because I can spend an hour on one scripture. Just, I mean, literally, I can go over this and do not and literally spend forever on it. Thinking about God in his word, telling me something. And then I look at that position of father over I'm his son. And then I realize, you know, just like me, my be being Papa title to my sons. And I tell them, do not, don't. And I want them to understand the reason why I'm saying that. And that's what God says. He doesn't stop at don't, do not. He then explains what to don't and do not. So I learned from that. Don't be slothful. Don't be lazy. When you're told to do something, do it right now. And I just go through the process. Don't don't waste your time. Do it. And they know when I say do this, they've learned through the years that this means not in your time. If I ask you to do it, that means do it. Now, they do understand the area of grace. They understand the area of wisdom. And that is, can I first, and they'll state, they'll, they'll make that statement. Can I first do, can I take care of, can I do this? And then I'll determine how important I want them to do what it is I want them to do. But they do know because there was a time when they thought I was their mom. I mean, the, I, when they were, when I tell them to do something and they thought, well, this is negotiable on their time. And I took care of that right away because I wanted them to understand there is no negotiation. You make more money than me, then we can talk. (laughs) But other than that, there ain't no negotiation. What do you think this is, you know? And so, but I look at that and I think, I got that from God, I got that from his word. I'm not smart enough to be able to train up a child, my kids that way at all. None of us are. We will train up our kids the way we were trained up. Unless you put new information in, you're going to train them exactly the way you were trained. Exactly. And the results will speak for themselves. It's work. Being a parent is work. Being married is work. All this stuff that deals with other people is work, right? It's not easy. It isn't. And if you ever go to a conference, ever read a book on any of this stuff and they make it sound easy, throw the thing away because it's not. It's not. It's to to look at it and say, oh, no, this is easy. You already lost the battle. I mean, after I do, it becomes hard. You know, the wedding, you say I do. Anyway. Do not let us grow what we are doing, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Lose what? What does that mean? That we can lose our heart? What does that mean? Lose courage, right? If we don't lose courage, if we don't lose understanding, we don't lose that understanding, if we don't lose courage, we're gonna keep moving forward, aren't we? That means through the good or the bad. Are all seasons perfect? No. All seasons are different, though, right? Well, it didn't say which season. It said, in due season. We like the prayers when it's springtime, everything's growing. That's the season I like. I want to pray in that season, so I'm not waiting long. Anybody ever think that way besides me? Oh, yeah. God, just tell me when spring's around, I'll, I'll start praying. I don't do that, but I thought that many, many times. That's just the way I am. So you got the Fall where everything's like, they're not living no more. You got winter, everything's dead. Summer, you know, living here is like, everything's too hot. (laughs) Why get anything now? It's too hot. The point is, is it can be a weird position, but I do like the word that says, you shall reap. So timing, I believe with God, is more important than my timing. I can tell you right now, just through a process of elimination and common sense. I have kids on my way. Guarantee you, they're they're messed up. Everything's screwed up. Everything's different than it is right now, completely. I can, I promise you that. But on God's timing, it was like perfect. Everything, everything I look at that's tied to God's timing is like perfect. It couldn't have been better, but I can tell you before that, yeah, I didn't see that. I was like, when? You know, when? Come on, when? We've, I'm standing in faith. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, my kids. I'm talking about different things where I stood in faith for. It's like, shh, when? It took me years to get out of that, that, that small little building between a beauty salon and a bar. It took me years to get out of there. You, don't think, you think I went in there going, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to be in this forever. After the first year, I couldn't handle the perm smell and the beer smell. Next to my office, every single day, it stunk. And you know, in those little bars, man, everybody and their brother and the dog smoke. And that stuff's just coming through the walls. Oh, my gosh. It, was, uh, it got so bad where I literally put up two walls next to their wall. Really Built a wall, put another one. Built a wall and insulated both of them. Still didn't stop the karaoke night. It busted through. I don't know how, but it busted through. Helped with the smell, except the beauty salon. The perm stuff would come through that. and my room, somebody come in. Did you get a perm? No! It's that lady. But I'd deal with that stuff. And there were times when I'd like go gosh, gosh, it's got to be now. But I guarantee you, through what I've seen and what I watched through my own error, failure, because I tried to make it my season, I'm telling you, it's screwed up every single time. It's screwed up every time, and you can spin it and make it, oh look what God's doing. But I'll tell you one, God, it was my timing. His timing is when everybody looks at and goes, you couldn't have done that, and I go, that's right. That's impossible. Yeah, God's timing always gives glory to God. All right. Y'all getting this? All right, James 1, 4. But let patience have its perfect work. Let patience have what? Its perfect work. That you may be, oh, I don't even know if I should read this because this really, really is a crazy one. So that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. The Bible says this. Perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Now the word perfect doesn't mean perfect by our definition because everybody knows perfection or being perfect is only tied to God, Jesus, right? That's perfect. Ultimate truth can be lined up with perfect. In other words, you can't get better than that. One plus one equals two. That's a perfect, perfect equation. There's nothing better than that. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's the perfect, ultimate knowledge, and then there's knowledge, there's information. So what this is saying is patience, let it have. Are you guys going to start reading correctly? Okay, what it, when it says let it have, what else does it mean? It means I cannot let it have, right? If you don't pay attention to these ABCs, you're going to be like most Christians, blaming God. Blaming church. Blaming the pastor. Not blaming yourself. We're not good at that. We're going to blame everybody else. And then coming up with all the reasons. Oh, God did some work. And, and he must hate me. He must not love me. And, and, and is God real? And all, all these questions pop up because we don't pay attention to the little words. We're looking for the, the big, you know, those, those Christianese words. Miracle. Supply. Riches. But we don't want to read the scripture. And what does it say? What does it say again? Are you guys seeing this? But let patience. But let patience. That means I can stop patience. I can hinder patience. So I pay attention. I read it. And I go. I don't get to perfect work and complete. I don't go there. I wait first till I meditate on let it. Let patience. Because for me to get to this perfect spot, I've got to learn about patience. Because how can I let it if I don't know it? And what we're doing is we're trying to jump to this spot. And that's why most of us don't have any knowledge of God's word. I want us to know. I want us to know. Where Paul says many, many times, knowing this, knowing that. And we know And when you're reading that, we're just reading it, but it's telling you, but do you know? Do you know? I know there are years when I didn't know. I want to know, I want to know. I'm not stopped in my wanting to know. I have a lot of knowledge of this, but I can tell you right now, there isn't a day where I'm in this where I'm like, I already know. No matter what scripture I go over that I've gone over a million times, something else is gonna come up and and impact me out of that scripture because it's a living word. I'm not not saying that the meanings change. I'm saying the application to where I'm at is different. That's why you hear differently in here. Some of you are at different levels of your life. You can be like a third grade mindset right now. Or it can be a college-age mindset. We're all different. But it doesn't matter. The information is still pure. It's still true. So if you receive it at the, you know, crayon level, receive it. Or if you're at the level that, you know, requires, you know, a a fine pen and and calculator and, you know, all the stuff that an architect would use or whatever, then receive it that way. Either way, that's how we have to look at this word. Let patience have its perfect work. Well, that means there's a process, right? Process of time. That's what I see. Let it have its perfect work. And then what? And then you will be perfect, complete, lacking. no. I like the word lacking in no area. Well, let me ask you something. Does that mean that we're all one area? No. We have many areas, don't we? So that means in my life, I can have an area where I lack in no area, but there's other areas where what I lack, I'm comfortable with that. Why? Because this is what God's trying to say. He's saying, as you grow and as you're maturing as a follower of Jesus, the wisdom, and knowledge is coming. The knowledge is coming in. The operation, applying it, and that brings stability. That brings the foundation truths that you have, and your receiving the benefit from that. But there are other areas that you're not, you're not sold on yet, or you're lacking. Those are areas that we're supposed to be paying attention to. You know what, a lot of times we don't because those are areas that hurt. So we're more apt to shy away from that. We don't want that confrontation, maybe because you've lost it. Maybe because you've you battled that over and over and you keep losing. So what you know, most people do you quit. I don't want to deal with it no more. My suggestion to you is maybe it's just because of where you're at right now. That you're still in toddler age and you got a little more growing and you will have victory. Maybe by hearing that, you're like going, okay, well, then that won't be my downfall. Because ultimately, I'm going to have victory over that. And all of a sudden, your mind changes and your mouth changes. So now it's not like, well, I'm going to judge myself by my failure No, I'm going to judge myself on my trying, my completing, my following through. I'm not going to let my good confession to be robbed because of a mistake. I'm going to keep professing the good confession of faith. Do You guys hear this? There's so many times when I've had to overlook and, and put behind me a failure and keep professing what I need to. And the mind's like going, how dare you? you can't do that. You've done that. This. this is wrong. You can't do this. You, you, you can't. And that's the enemy. That's a lie. That's the world. But I'm not going to let them win. I'm going to let God win. And that's why I'm letting this word work. Amen. But if you look at the previous verses in James 1, 4, which would be 2 and 3, look what 2 and 3 says. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and attacks knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. What'd it say? My brothers and sisters, count it all what? Joy. Not if. It says when you. Count it all joy when you. Do what? Count it all joy. Now that is, uh, count it is an accounting term, by the way. And, and it says, bring all the facts together and make a decide Decision. All right. Then it says joy, and in the Greek, literally means throw a party. Throw a party. Recognize that you have to throw a party when, not if, when attacks come. There's your answer. What to do when I'm feeling pressure in life? Throw a party. Before a Christian, I could do that instantly. All hell's broken loose. Yeah, let's go party. Now I know you guys don't understand that because you've been Christians your lives, but I wasn't. And I understand that completely. And there's no greater way to get out of that mindset than to have a party. So here, God started it first, the world took it and perverted it. And God's saying what? You having trouble? Throw a party, throw a party. Now what does he mean, gather people and throw a party? No, he's talking about you. Get the mindset of a party. Get your spiritual imaginary, put on your imaginary hat, put on your you know, imaginary balloons, party! Throw a party. But it says here, my brothers and sisters, throw a party when you fall. When you what? When you fall. Parapito. Parapito is interesting because it literally means to be surrounded all around you to be surrounded all around you. Now, I know we don't want to hear that, but literally, when it comes to attack, it's not usually a small or light. It's an attack for a reason. So we're feeling the pressure in our life. Whenever you feel any type of attack, it's not just one way. It's affecting you every way, isn't it? So here it is saying... Throw a party when you are in the midst of being surrounded all around. Knowing, there it is. We going to pay attention to that word or not. Because if you don't follow the knowing, we stop right there. But he says, knowing that the testing of your faith. What, 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 what? what? He just said, what? Throw a party, count it all joy when you, have attacks against you. What do you just define it as? The testing of your faith. My face being tested. All right, next time you get a pressure in life, next time an attack comes your way, I want you to say that. My faith's being tested. How do you oh, win in a test? Knowing. Somebody said cheating? What school you went to? <laughs> are you guys listening? How do you, how do you overcome knowing? So what did God just tell me? He said, well, he just helped us on the throw a party part when things are tough. Because that doesn't sound right, does it? We're like going, I ain't got to throw no party. Are you kidding me? this is terrible. I feel terrible. Why would I do anything happy now? I'm miserable right now. And God said, listen to my word. Listen to my word. When things are tough, when pressure's pressing, when you're feeling like, oh my gosh, he said, throw a party. In other words, get joy operating in your heart. How can you get joy operating in your heart? Knowing. Knowing, knowing, that would be cool if I had some, what's it called? Reverb or something right like now? Yeah. That would have been cool. Anyway. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials or attacks, knowing that the testing of your faith, what tests your faith? The attacks. The testing of your faith produces. You Everybody say Produces. The testing of your faith produces patience. That's categorizomai. Now, it's important to understand that word. The reason why is because if you read that without understanding that word, it's a lie. Ah, I like when you guys look at me like that. That's the one I like to bring it home. How can it be a lie? Think about this. The attacks on your faith, the attacks on your life produce patience. How many got you got just been attacked this year? You've been attacked a couple years. You've been attacked. You got pressures and attack. You, you must be awesome in patience, aren't you? Great patience, all of you, huh? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't that like go, the Bible's a lie? Exactly. Translate it through your own understanding, it is a lie. Translate it in the correct Greek language, it's true. That's why so many people are messed up because go read your Bible. Go read your Bible. Like I said, a teacher isn't going to have you walk in her class. She goes, go read the algebra book. No, you got a book, but they ain't saying go read it. They're actually the process of teaching instruction. I know what I'm talking about. Now that Bible, this Bible just said the trying of your faith produces patience. Well, in the definition of producing in our language, we all should be mega patient. I'm not. Just being real. Any of you, you're just great patients because of all the attacks against you? Well, why aren't we getting any hands up? I mean, at least we'd have some hands up if there was some truth to it. But y'all know it's not true, is it? No, because the Greek word does not mean what our word means. And that's the problem. What it means is there's the ability for it to work out or be produced by a decision we make. The ability to work out and be manifested by a decision we make. What does that mean? That means until I make a decision for patience, patience will not be produced. Again, a decision I have to make. Now it totally changes to a place where we go, that's realistic, because when I get attacked, there ain't no patience nowhere. And that's why we have a problem. But it says, when you operate correctly, knowing the ability to throw a party in the, in the pressure, why, because I know that patience, and what do we see patience as? It's a strength. It's ability to stand strong ability to be courageous under attack. Patience gives me the ability to bind under pressure. Why? Because ultimately, I know that I know that I know. It's victory for me. It's a faith operation. It says it's trying my faith. What is faith? What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So all of a sudden, you got to start adding the whole counsel of God's word. And all of a sudden, you're starting reading this stuff. And things change. The attack changes. The pressure changes. The, the season of waiting changes. Everything changes because now what? I know the scripture. I'm paying attention to the little baby words. I'm paying attention to don't let or let, do not. I'm paying attention. And as I do this, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing this information to be categorized in my life to where I can start applying it. So when the pressure comes, I realize, okay, let's try my faith. And when it tries my faith, I can, I can allow patience to arise. So I choose. I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand in the power of patience. Because the power of patience is going to connect to faith. And that's when things are going to change. That's when things are going to happen knowing that the testing of your faith works out through decision, patience. It's an opportunity. Are you hearing? It's an opportunity. It doesn't automatically. It's an opportunity. Listen, we all face tribulation. We all face pressures. Jesus said that they're going to come, but he gives us in his word, the ability to rejoice Look differently at the situation. Galatians 5.22, here's where you look at in the area of spirit. For the fruit of the spirit, lowercase s, not Holy Spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, or hope, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of our spirit that we have being born again. Notice it says fruit. It doesn't say work. It talks about flesh and work. Spirit always says fruit. What produces fruit? Overnight success? No. The process of growth and maturity. How do we grow and mature something according to scripture? We hear and do at the level we're at. Do you guys hear me? See, we're We're seeing someone with peace or joy at this big giant level. And we're going it ain't working for me, yeah, but it shouldn't be working for you. you're still at this level. so work at that level where you're at. Listen, understand this that isn't defining your success. you define your success at the level you're at, so as that's where you, your spirit is, the graduating is your ability to operate where you're at, in that peace, in that joy, in that love, in that hope, in that self, self-control, at the level you're at. And when you win and have victory in that, you mature, you grow, and you go to the next level, and the next level. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't define yourself by someone else. Religion does that. We do it our way, where we're at, and we grow that way nothing wrong with looking at it and saying, you know, I want to be like that. You know, I want to play like that. I want to be like that. I want to do like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the point is, is don't get fantasy land to where you assume it's supposed to happen overnight or next week. Success takes years. Everybody that you look at and go, they're the greatest. That's the goat. Didn't happen overnight. I'm telling you, no one. It took years and years and years of failure, success, being uncomfortable. I mean, there ain't a great athlete. There ain't no one great that it was simple, easy, just came. Y'all got that? All right. So the fruit has to grow. And fruit, notice it, it's all these things love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. What other picture would that be? Well, it's my spirit, and all those operating would be a high-level character, wouldn't it? So what I'm really saying is, is our character is tied to that fruit. Our character is tied to this fruit. Patience acted on manifests faith. When patience is acted on, it brings manifestation to faith. How? Because patience acted on is connected to confident expectation. Romans chapter five, verse two. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. That literally is talking about the Jews were not able to come into the presence of God. A big curtain stood before them. As a matter of fact, anybody walks in there except high priest, they're dead. So they could never go into the presence of God. But now they say, because of what Jesus did in scripture, it says, we now have access through grace which is an awesome picture because even the Greek word access is literally a picture of of a king's kid coming to the presence of the king, no matter how he looked. He's the king's kid. He's able to come right in the presence of the king. He's royalty coming before royalty. Isn't that interesting? That's what this shows. So it says that, We've gained access by faith into this grace, talking about God's presence, in which we now stand, we stand in this, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice, watch this, but we also rejoice. When you hear the word rejoice, does it sound more like, uh, does it sound like happy? Get excited? Okay, let's move on. But we also rejoice in our, attacks. the heck is the Bible talking about? Attacks? We're supposed to rejoice in tribulation? Attacks? Pressure? Well, we've already had scripture show us that we are. But now it says here, we rejoice in these attacks because we know. There it is again. God doesn't throw out a word or throw out statements without backing everything in there that looks difficult has a simple answer to it, has information for you to understand it. And he establishes it by saying, and we know, or we should know, right? And what am I supposed to know? Y'all with me? What am I supposed to know? Because we know that attacks or persecution produces categorism, works out by decision. The attacks Work out patience, and patience produces or processes hope. Think about that. I'm in an attack, and because I know, I go, I'm not focused on the attack. I'm focused in on God and his word. And I know what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm supposed to get excited. Why? Because things are going to start happening. They're going to set me free. So now I'm not going to focus on that attack. I'm going to focus on what God said. And he said, throw a party. So I'm going to get excited about this. I look at the attack and I'm not excited about it. But I'm going to start looking at something different. Just like the word says, keep your eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of your faith. I'm going to keep my eyes off Jesus, who is the word, the word. And I'm going to keep my eyes on the word. And the word says, as I do this, I'm making a decision for patience to arise, produce out of me. So now I'm like, all right, pressure you're on. I feel you. But guess what? I know that my God's word has clarified that your pressure is not greater than the pressure blowing out. So I'm going to be experiencing some joy right now because I'm not looking at the thing I can't answer. That's what's bringing the pressure. I'm looking at the answer from him. And he said in his word that when faith starts operating, all of a sudden I have become confident. And now I'm confident in the pressure. All of a sudden all eyes are on me because people know I'm in a pressure, but I'm not acting defeated. I'm not acting like I lost. All of a sudden they're going, what's different about you? How can you're acting that way? You shouldn't be acting that way. I went through the same thing. I lost there everything. But no, you don't think that way. Why? Because you know God's word and you're letting patience have its perfect work. So all of a sudden I'm standing in faith. I'm believing God. I got the mindset of patience is a good thing because it says I'll lack in nothing pretty soon. So I'm going to expect that I'm going to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. I'm so hyped up about what God's word says is going to take place that whatever's attacking me is nothing now. It's nothing, why? Because my mind is not focused on the pressure on the outside, it's focused then on the success on the inside. So now I'm like going, no, I'm feeling good about this, Patience is arising, it's pressing out stronger than the forces outside, and I know that I know they know, I'm going to let patience have its perfect work. And as long as patience is continuing on, all of a sudden the confident expectation, hope starts rising up. Where'd hope come from? It said that patience will now start pushing out hope. There's a second, the first Cooperating power of faith that brings substance to it. Now I'm in patience, hope arises, and faith is becoming real, and bam, it knocks out whatever it is that I'm dealing with. <laughs> <Whew>. ta <Ta-da>. You <laughs> can't beat that. That was too good. I just gotta hear what I just said over again. That's why we have YouTube. You guys see this? Is this? See, that's what I'm saying. Pay attention to the little, the little words, the little things. Talk to yourself. Nothing wrong with that. Talk to yourself. say to yourself. You know it says, "Know this, but do I know this? And there's many things in there, and I'm telling you, the, the journey you're on now is totally different than it's ever going to be here, because the journey I'm now is exactly the, the, the foundation of how. This vision started, and it's filled with getting you to know the things you're supposed to know. Filled with it. I am excited about this. I'm just so pumped about it because there's gonna be a whole lot of stuff that you're gonna go, Man, we were supposed to know this, and I never knew this. And I understand how that feels, but we're gonna know. And that knowledge, we're gonna be able to take it outside these doors. To our families and our friends. Because they're the ones that are going to talk about their trials, their attacks, their problems, their issues. But guess what? That information, those nuggets of truth are in you. It's not about pastor knows. It's about I know what he knows. And I'm following him as he's following Christ. Because ultimately that's where it goes to. Jesus, the word. And I thank God for that. And I know victory's around the corner for everybody in here. I know it. Victor's on the corner for everybody out there. If you can believe, and you can allow this to happen, things are not gonna be the same. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. And Lord, I expect lives to be changed and transformed because of it. I expect people that don't know Jesus to know Jesus because of this. And as we have stood in the position of receiving God's word, we're gonna walk out of here and allow the, the information to start tumbling and rumbling around within our spirit. We're gonna get this thing into good ground, and it's gonna produce big for our lives. We know that your will, and we are 100% connected to fulfilling your will. So Father, I thank you for that word. It's in good ground, and it will produce for everybody in there. And for those that never received Jesus, you ask him to come in your life right now, and he will come into it instantly. Just ask Jesus, say, Jesus, come into my life. I'm ready. I'm ready for this now. I want this information living in me. And when you receive Jesus, that's exactly what will happen. Anybody in here, if you ask Jesus in your life, all you have to do is acknowledge it by lifting your hand. Anybody out there receive Jesus in your life, all you have to do is acknowledge it by touching that little button in there. It's that simple and that easy. Yes, it is. It's that simple and that easy. God knows your heart. And that's why when I said, call on Jesus, you said, Jesus, I call on your name come into my life. That's all, that's all it's needed. That is all that it's needed. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you. See you next Sunday, okay?